Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Podside Picnics, uh, yet another special edition of Crap Books with, uh, and, you know, this is Pete, of course, and I'm here with Carlo, who I guess he's the Trent to my bank or whatever, whatever dumbass uh, comparison <laughs> you'd like to make. And, and we have put ourselves through hell for you. Carlo, do you want to explain what we just did? Okay, so um, we, we've been joking about this for a bit, uh, and uh, I, I did make mention of this, so I guess part of the, part of the blame falls on me, but, <laughs> but we got Xanth, dude, um, and, uh, you know, let's, let's lay it straight. Uh, Xanth, uh, I don't remember how many books of Xanth I read, I must have dropped off around maybe book seven, eight. Apparently, looking it up, there are 40. Oh, my 40. God. You're kidding. <laughs> no, I wish. Oh, my God. Why? I'm, I'm horrified. Just uh, after I, the 10th book, you could just start with the first. I mean, who cares? Yes. I mean, and, and let's let's be clear here. Like, Piers Anthony is a... Um, you know, just just for that alone is a sick man. Um, <laughs> but he branched out from Xanth to uh, like the Incarnations of Immortality series, which dealt with death, time, fate, war, nature, evil and good and blah, blah, blah. And then from there, uh, I think he was also writing the Apprentice Adept series, which I believe I referenced last episode or the episode before that, which had like Split Infinity and whatnot. Um yeah. You so, are mentally blocking his worst work. Uh, yeah, well, you know, there, there, I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> but do, we, we do, we should call out Bio of a Space ty Tyrant, which oh, is... Oh, wow, yes. It's about 16,000 pages of explained away rapiness. It is, that one is, is very special in a... <laughs> So bad. A, a very, very bad way. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, uh, a little bit about Piers Anthony. Apparently, he was like a, uh, he was like a, uh, a, sort of like a working class, or at least not rich, um, British schoolboy who got sent to like one of those boarding schools where, you know, apparently all the English hate their children, so they send them away to school. For months at a time, and um, and I don't know if it's something he picked up over there, or um, or something that happened after he moved to, of all places, Florida. So we have a self, like a self-selected Florida man writing these books for us. Yes, 
Uh, yeah, so I don't know if the perviness comes from the British side of things or from the Florida side of things, or perhaps a horrible combination of both. Something really wrong happened here. Like, the, like I think it's okay to be, well, you know, obviously I think it's okay to be an author. And on some level, I'm reasonably accepting of someone quietly being a pervert on their own time. But... <laughs> <laughs> like somehow this guy became like the 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 doorway into genre fiction for uh kids in the eighties. Yes. And, yes indeed. And I I mean I don't want to be cruel. Like there are lots of people that suck that I don't I don't seek out for special description, but like these suck, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to think you read Spell for Chameleon, which was like the most, um, I, I would probably say the the probably one of the better written ones of that entire uh, series of books. Uh, it's a little bit more, it's a little less uh, jokey and a little bit more uh, serious, although there's some serious problems as well. So, and on that note, hold on, I got to good man. This is, you know, this is the type of conversation that prompts it. So tell me about your experience reading A Spell for Chameleon, Pete. All right. Well, um, I, it's very interesting because, like, it it was bad, but I remember reading his stuff and it being really bad. And so, like, going through here, I kept waiting for the shoe to drop that never really did. And and don't don't get me wrong. Like, there were some bad things. Can, can I – do you remember the quote I put up? Can, can I read that? Oh, go for it, man. Okay. <clears throat> oh, Bink, she cried, turning to him with woeful relief. Her homemade dress was in disarray, exposing her finely formed dress above and below and her firm round thighs below. What a difference a few days made. She was not at the height of her loveliness, but she was quite adequate to the need. And... <laughs> so um so i made a joke about this but i think i'll i'll say it here that uh you know all all chameleon needed was someone to free the trad wife within apparently uh who, who is still <laughs> learning to sew her sew her on dresses um i'm sad to to report it it gives me no pleasure to report that now because i've said that i'm imagining chameleon as abby shapiro so oh my god well, and the thing about these books is, like, this is as good as it'll ever get, because this story, I mean, the the plot is weak as hell. Like, most of the things that happened did not need to happen to reach the end point. Didn't need mm-hmm. to. Like, 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 King Trent could have stayed beyond the wall, and when everything went to hell, they could have just run and got him. Like, there was no reason for any of this shit to happen. But mm-hmm. when you go to successive books, he's pretty much just... I fucking around like there's a dragon called Stanley Steamer and for those of you who are not 50 Stanley Steamer is a type of wetback that you could get in the 70s and there was um I distinctly remember um a cat's hindquarters 
attached to the wall that created disaster called the cat astrophy? Yes. Yes. On and on and on with puns. Like, I don't even know if you call them puns because, like, you find the dumb thing and you attach it to your story and, okay, how do I make this magical? Like, he just went the wrong way around with this shit. I I think we had talked about this before, and I think I've I've actually come around to thinking that Piers Anthony is dumb, dumb Roger Selesny. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm just grateful you don't think Roger Selesny is dumb Roger Selesny. So I I I'll go with this. I mean, even let's put it this way: even when he was sort of slumming it with uh, the the Merlin books, the follow ups to uh, Nine Princes in Amber, sure. uh, that was still entertaining as hell. I mean, I started reading those and worked my way backward, um, and I had I had the same sort of uh, experience with Xanth. Uh, I I distinctly remember going to the library. Um, and uh, this was actually not the school library; it was the base library because uh, my school was on a base um, mm-hmm. and th- on one of the lower shelves face front was in fact speaking of Stanley Steamer uh, Dragon on a Pedestal which is book number seven of the Xanth series and to be I mean I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone already knows this but if anyone's just sort of popping in for the first time uh, and they don't know anything about Xanth the Xanth books are very loosely connected. They have, like, I think, I think the 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 modern sort of nerd uh, nerddom would probably just freak out about like how they're not really there's not a a bunch of canon attached to it. Um, it's very loosely related. So each each of the books is sort of um, standalone, semi connected to the others, but standalone in and of itself. And yeah. um well to be fair you could say that about individual chapters too. I mean like <laughs> <laughs> Yes, okay. <laughs> I just like like plot is not most of the purpose of a plot here is to like get to the next set of tits or possibly to get to the next bad joke. Yes, or both. If you can manage both at the same time. Oh, that, absolutely! <laughs> yeah that that is that is known as the Piers Anthony hat trick. Um, of course, you're missing one, but this is Piers Anthony, so you know two is fine. Um, in any case, yeah. So uh, I started out reading um, about the whole adventure of Stanley Steamer as a baby dragon, uh, hanging out with uh, the magician Humphrey's son, who was Hugo, and. Uh, Ivy, who is the daughter of Trent yeah, and Irene, or and whatever. she's the one who could make seeds grow. I remember that from Centaur Isle, and oh, dude, you have to kill me! I, I, I'm remembering <laughs> some of this. <laughs> Just, you're having you're having like a Xanth uh, Xanth themed Jacob's Ladder flashback. Oh you god. Know? Yeah, that's what's happening right now. It's like we're both dying. And like maybe the other one of us isn't real, and we're just reliving the most horrible books imaginable. Not because they were real, but because we're going to hell. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Let, let, it, it, and if you're struggling to hang on, Pete, and you don't want to let go, all, all those books look like Xanth books. Oh God! <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> 
we have fa- we actually hold on let me riff on this a little bit longer uh we've actually found the actual end to the uh that that famous twilight zone episode where it, he doesn't break his glasses he just notices that the library only has <laughs> Piers oh, anthony God. books <laughs> Buy over space tyrant one through a thousand. Firefly book eight. Yeah, he finds he finds one stray book that is not. He's he's sees it from across the way and he grabs it and it's Battlefield Earth. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's like escaping this this area to find a new shelf and it's the Spellsinger series. You know, it's just like oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. But anyway, so um yeah, I, and and the funny thing is that uh I only found out that Stanley Steamer which is an alliterative name for a dragon, but then I So let, let's back up a second. Sure. Can we can we talk about how Xanth is exactly the same dimensions and shape as the state of Florida? Yes. Yes, which which explains a lot. Like what 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 Piers Anthony describes as magic is actually methamphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the magical land of Florida. <laughs> it's like Piers Anthony wandering around in traffic, holding a lampshade and not wearing pants, dreaming up his next book. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I'm just imagining him as the only Floridian that wears a cape. <laughs> Um, well, it's actually possible to make his books worse if you read a passage and you do it in like a like a cockney rhyme. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> he's, he's so it's so bad. Like I guess anything that makes you pay more attention is bad, but that particularly got me today when you mentioned that he was from England. Yeah, well, uh, that's th- that's the thing. He selected Florida. <laughs> like <laughs> he chose to be Florida man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, are there any other I'm sure there are good authors in Florida who's who I just like I'm just not aware they're there, but I can't think of one. <laughs> Look, I I really am not I'm not really expecting uh, good things to happen like if i google you know sci-fi authors who live in florida oh god okay i will take one for the team i i will start doing that and w- why don't you talk a little bit about the 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 book we just forced ourselves to read because we love our our subscribers so much well um so uh i believe that um i worked my way back to a spell for chameleon and and this is very meta for me because um for a long time when i was uh, younger when i was like in middle middle school high school my parents would travel often and one of the places that they would go to is florida <laughs> and where and wherein we uh visited uh the famous um like outlet mall places and whatnot and i found like a bookstore there and I finally found the first of the Xanth books. And I read Spell for Chameleon, and it sort of seemed much more serious um, than uh, uh, Dragon on a Pedestal, which is just sort of rollicking. It's it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's bad. But at least it was already sort of in, you know, he knew what where he was going with this. 
It wasn't supposed to be serious, blah, blah, blah. Um, also, I believe Spelker for Chameleon was nominated for prizes. I believe the Hugo at the very least. Yeah, yeah, it 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 had legs, and to be fair, it was unique. If you think about the 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 types of 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 writing that was available in the seventies, this was unusually targeted as to a younger audience, but still not considered young adult, which is amazing. Cause like by our, by modern standards, this is obviously young adult. Right. Right. I mean, and that's, I think if we're being a little fair here, um, I think that if we're going to give Piers Anthony's perviness an out, or at least some understanding is that yes, this is the seven, it's like 77 was Spell for Chameleon. Um, it was targeted towards like uh, what would be young adults, specifically very male oriented, obviously. Yes. Uh, there is, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, like I'm sure that there's, I mean, just from that one paragraph alone, there's plenty of misogyny and uh, objectification going on. This is for 12 year old boys who have recently discovered their penises. Yes, yes, uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to put too fine a point on it. Yes, but on pump, So yeah, uh, the thing here is that yes, it is completely targeted at more or less who I was when I first picked up those books. Um, as I grew older, <laughs> I think I started realizing these aren't particularly good. And these are tame in comparison to the other stuff. Uh, you know, there is some other stuff that he wrote that is, ay, 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 just bad, just very bad. Um, yes, I mean, bio, it, bio of a space tyrant. Uh, it stands head and shoulders above this. It, it it is so bad that it almost rates a visit by us at some future point. But I'm not committing to that. I'm just making the comment. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I read Biovisty Based Tyrant a long time ago. I don't think I'm interested in rereading it. Oh, yeah. The, I, I want that time back. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I was in high school at the time, so it's not like I was doing any, much much of interest there. Um, but yeah, so uh, Spell for Chameleon, like I tore through these. I think I, I bought like three at a time, uh, I or at least four. Um, I do remember like going to that bookstore in Florida of all places, mm -hmm. you open, the, you open up that, that fly leaf and you look at a map of Florida. <laughs> yeah. I, I like where I, I the guess, source of magic is. Yes. In, in a weird sort of way, I have to give him credit for that because like the message is like, who, who cares what the map looks like? This is a fantasy. I'm just going to make it Florida. Roll with it. And, yep. and okay, sure. You mm -hmm. know? I mean, um, so then, uh, what was it? Uh, Source of Magic. Castle Rukna was really interesting for me because of the... Wait for it. Um, apparently, there's some time traveling happening, and uh, there are Punic barbarians uh, invading Xanth. Um uh, I always, I, I don't think I pronounced it that way because I was thinking puns. So I was the, the punic barbarians. And, you know, uh, he was too. He had to have been. Of, of course, of course. But that one was kind of cool because it was like, you know, like 
12-year-old kid uh, transported into a giant barbarian's body, uh, you know, for the longest time after that, um, you know, the, the barbarian would ha- was so big uh, and wielded a sword that was so big that he had to uh, scabbard it on his back. And for the longest time after that, I insisted that my D&D carrier, uh, characters had to have, if they were carrying a sword, they were going to carry it on their back, man. Um. Well, it's, I mean, it's very Conan, and and you know that that's that's a quick way to my heart. I'm a, I'm a Conan nut, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, the 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 problem with uh, with with uh, Piers Anthony's barbarians is that the riddle of steel has a really stupid punchline. <laughs> the riddle of steel is a knock knock joke. <laughs> it's a dirty limerick. Oh my god! That uses boobs. <laughs> Well, and I, he did, I keep wanting to like defend him and like, I, this has to be like Stockholm syndrome. Like I had to go through this whole book and now I'm like <laughs> protective of this monster, but like he certainly, he knew exactly what he was doing. Like he took things that would, that objectively make no sense fitting together, like, like uh, dumb jokes and riddles and rhymes and you know the, the a fantasy setting and uh, a a tit flash every thirty pages. Like he knew the twelve year old he was trying to reach. Right. I mean, I think that this is a, a great argument for uh, possibly uh, predating some of the anime that came out. Uh, this was sort of uh, fan service on the page. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, and and um, yeah, that's exactly the thing. It, he knew exactly what it was that he was going for. Well, and the thing is, like, I can sit here all day and say, "Well, this is terrible writing," and I mean, it was it was a waste of my time, and da 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 da. And you know, the Piers Anthony, I don't even know if he's alive at this point, but like, his his rejoinder would clearly be, "Well, how many of my books did you buy, asshole?" Because I certainly did. Like, it worked. Yep. And, and and like I probably spent more money on this guy than I did on Eddings, another person who just raided my piggy bank, and I loathe. Mm-hmm. It he, makes me wonder is, if there's. He is still with us. Um, so uh, Piers Anthony is still alive. Okay. So I guess his ears must be ringing by now. Yeah, probably. Well, and and I did look for Florida writers and uh, sci-fi writers specifically, and the big surprises I got were Walter Walter Miller, who did Canticle for Leibowitz, hmm. John D. McDonald, okay, and Corey Doctorow is apparently huh. based out of Florida originally. Huh. Interesting. Well, yeah. but if you, if you type if you type fantasy author Florida. Piers Anthony is the first three billion hits. Like, I don't know how he managed to brand himself that well, but like, certainly, it is it is accepted that he's the fantasy dude out there. Well, that that's true. I I wanted to point out something that um I had uh, I I hadn't really thought about until I I started um sort of hanging around the local sci-fi um. Uh, like club that we have here, mm-hmm. who has a, a they, they, you know, there's a fair number of older fans that live there. Uh, 
wait, live there, visit. Sure. <laughs> Some of them do actually look like they live there, but that's another story. Um, and I think that he uh, hit right on that uh, sort of 70s fandom, early 80s fandom idea of the mundanes versus the the nerd folk or what, you know, like, I'm the not muggles. sure. yeah. Like the idea, yeah, like that idea of like nerds being like the special class of people, which has gone horribly wrong by now, but that's another story. Um, yeah, so like all of whatever is beyond the borders of magical Florida place, Xanth, is Mundania, where magic does not work, and uh, I guess guns do. Yeah. But... But apparently, uh, uh, you you uh, you were talking about like um, Trent, uh, magi- magician Trent, who was an evil magician known for his uh, apparently uh, uh, use of baleful polymorph. If we were going to use a D and D term ever, um, on his enemies, uh, basically, could ch- his power uh, would change anyone into. Uh, another creature he could change anyone to another creature uh, i don't remember if it's like within line of sight or he has to touch them or whatever it may be but anyway um he was banished from xanth way way back when uh for being an evil asshole and uh if i'm remembering correctly he uh, bink is cast out of his village in search for his own power because uh the rule goes that in xanth Everyone has a power. Some of them are minor. Uh, some of them are, are major or magician level, which means that you can do something really, really fucking cool. Um, but Bink apparently has no magic that anyone can discern. So they exile him from his village, and on his way, on his wanderings, he manages to get to the borders of Xanth and uh, meets up with Trent. Uh, on the other side in Mundania, uh, I, I'm I'm a little hazy on that one, uh, but I, I then, can. Yeah, it, go ahead. Okay, so yeah, um, he he gets out and is immediately captured, and he's captured by this magician Trent who is exiled, who has apparently gone out and gotten an army together and all of this, and he's he's prepping to reinvade. Like he he wants to take over Xanth and he wants to be king and yada yada yada, and so like he starts putting on the pressure onto Bink to um, give him information onto where the protective shield is so he can like break it and blah blah blah. And this brings me to something I really wanted to call out with you, Carlo, which is like insofar as this book has any politics at all, it's terrible. It's the most centrist fantasy I can think of, except possibly the <laughs> Goblin Emperor. Yes, yes, it is. It is so bad. Oh. Um, we will, we will accept a formerly uh, exiled, uh, evil, evil rule, uh, evil overlord, um, simply because, well, the old king died, and we need somebody, right? Because obviously the the determination of who gets to rule us is who has the most power. That's totally right, right? Yep. And then, and then the whole idea that like this, this, this 
bink guy who is at least slightly more com- com- uh, competent than average is being exiled, and he's the biggest booster of the system, despite the fact that it's so obviously unjust. They're throwing him out on his ass because, like, he can't make cardboard float in the air or some other dumbass thing. Like, that's the <laughs> whole system. It's like, sorry, you may you may have all the other talents, but since you can't change the wall a different color, fuck off. We're sending you out to die. And he turns in like when Trent shows up and wants to invade, he's like, oh no, that would be against the rules. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, um, so <laughs> Bink just happily whistling his way as they send him off to the camps where all the non-magical creatures go. Um uh, it Did just, you catch it, the miscegenation part? Because this right around here is when it happened, and I'm still angry about it. Oh, I I may have, I haven't read this in ages upon ages. Go, go on ahead, fill it in. Pete. Wait, so you're telling me that I was the only one stupid enough to read this book today? <laughs> <laughs> oh my I, god, dude! <laughs> Pete, Pete. Sadly, I am not. I do not have the Xanth power to read a book a day. Okay, that's fair. Like, what a useless power. Um, <laughs> so, the basic idea is the reason Trent wants to go in and take over the world is because he is very concerned with the, the fact that over time, humans are fucking animals. Like, (laughs) that's why he wants to take over. He's like, you know, the the bloodlines must be pure. Uh, It's not right. (laughs) It's not right for a human to have sex with a horse and then get uh, uh, centaurs. This is what happens over time, and it dilutes the bloodline of humanity and Xanth. So we have to have these regular invasions of mundanes because that's what keeps us strong. Well, you know, uh, when you say it that way, you know, Thomas Friedman might have written this book. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Xanth is flat. Oh, God. I just, <laughs> just you know, the very thought makes me want to throw up. Well, and you brought this up earlier. It's like, you know, you know how Thomas Friedman apparently gets all of his understanding about how the world works from cab drivers? <laughs> yeah. And, and then, like with uh, those Bio of a Space Tyrant books, which we, we won't go to, I agree. We're not going back to that. But they, they, they basically, he tried to make that a little more progressive and interesting by making the main character Latinx. And like, yep. how, would, how would you characterize the, the realism and depth of that character, Carlo? Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to... Put your finger on exactly what the character is when all he wants to do is like just basically screw and uh, be and perhaps wear capes. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I want revenge on the people who hurt my family and I want to fuck anything with a pulse. Like that's the yeah. whole book. That's, that's the whole it. series. Uh, uh, I'm I mean, swearing if, a lot. Wow. <laughs> it, if ever a series of books uh, was screaming out for uh, an own voices intervention, by of a space tyrant was it? Um, that is for sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, so we have basically uh, Trent. Uh, well, Trent is from Florida, apparently, so yes. he, he he does not believe in mixing of the races. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And- it's. it's- 
Pete, it's you know, it's heritage, not hate. Well, and you know, the the only person who can successfully fight off the 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 human nationalist here is the neocentrist who is allowing himself to be banished because rules are rules. Well, you know. Uh, you don't break rules just for anything. In fact, you don't break rules at all, okay? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so what happens from here? I, I, I'm very sorry I was having you summarize the plot when you hadn't read it recently. I, I will pick up with my apologies. <laughs> no, no, but go you, ahead. You did great. Um, so from there... Um, there was something that happened involving water and an escape attempt in a boat where uh, Bink, uh, Chameleon, who we haven't even really talked about here. Well, uh, he, if, if I'm remembering correctly, he doesn't know that she is Chameleon he, because she is th- she, he meets like three different women who look differently. Yes, uh, all these chicks are into me. That's because they're the same chick. Learn about makeup, yes. dude. Uh, well, no, no, not not only that. No, no, this is the horrible part. She changes her appearance, getting uglier based on a monthly cycle. Yes, and Oof. right, right, <laughs> and and there's a there's a relationship between intelligence and attractiveness. So, like, oh, when yes. she is at her hottest, she is a moron, and when she is hideous, she is brilliant. And she just goes back and forth through the cycle. And um, Bink, without knowing it, has met every version of Chameleon. And Chameleon has decided that uh, she likes him. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 can you hear me grimacing through the mic? I'm doing it <laughs> so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so much so that when Bink is balanced, the b- b- banished, sorry, I can't talk, is banished for not having any powers, she self-banishes because she wants to spend the rest of her life with him. Uh, for, uh, actually, for his, uh, what is it? He just intervenes? Like, if I remember correctly, he intervenes because she's going to be, like, the ugly version of Chameleon is going to be burned at the stake or something's going to happen. I forget. There were a couple of situations like that where he, he, he systematically rescued every version of chameleon. Mm. So I don't quite remember what happened with the ugly one. Cause man, I was cramming through this book today, but like, like the, <laughs> the pretty one was going to be attacked by a dragon and he rescues her from that. And you know, it just sort of goes on like that. Um, but the point is uh, Trent gets weirdly obsessed uh you know king trent evil magician mm-hmm. he wants information from uh from bink and chameleon about where this magic stone is so he can break it with a catapult and you know uh, invade xanth and they won't tell him and unlike most people who would like i don't know uh put a hot poker up your butt or starve you or something like that. He's just like, well, I, I greatly, I greatly admire your loyalties. I greatly <laughs> admire your loyalties like 3000 times. And it's like, I'm sorry. Like if you want to be King man and this, this idiot is who's standing between you and like it, I'm sorry. I would hook this guy up to a car battery overnight. No, no question about it. I don't understand the resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh 
I guess because he he doesn't have his powers, uh, he is no longer able to do evil that way. <laughs> that there you go. Ugh. I don't even so, know. Yeah, I, I don't even get it either. But so anyway, they they uh they all get on a boat and it capsizes and somehow they get through the 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 unbreakable shield, have a couple of adventures. And when I say they, I'm talking about chameleon. I'm talking about uh, evil uh, magician Trent, and I'm talking about Bink. Like they're all together. They sort of have this. Well, we will we will stand next to each other. We have we have sworn an oath until we get to a, a better place, and then then we'll turn on each other like rabid weasels. And this continues for hundreds of pages, hundreds yes. of pages of them growing respect for each other and not being willing to support this guy's desire to become king, even though the current king is an asshole. The political system is absurd, like more absurd than regular monarchy. Like <laughs> at least regular monarchy, it's sort of it. You have a power base that things coalesce around a family, you know, like you can sort of see why that would happen historically. Why the hell would you pick the guy who could like levitate your house as the person to rule everything? What does that have to do with being a good ruler? Well, he's got magic. Um... Okay. okay exactly. <laughs> I mean, the other guy's got good ideas, but he doesn't have magic. So yeah, exactly. It's Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. Okay, but, so they they find Castle Rugna, which is a a castle that comes up again and again in Xanth, and it is semi-intelligent, and it wants to be taken over and ruled by a king, so it's very interested in either having Bink, who turns out <laughs> to have a magic power, or Trent move in and take over. So, it's a ca- it's a castle that wants to be domed. <laughs> so, Jesus. <laughs> I'm just, sorry, man. <laughs> it just never ends. It's so bad. Oh. Oh, so shit. at that point they all figure out that that who Chameleon is because they've been with her for 400 pages and they finally notice that like She's hotter now. You know, great. Well done, guys. Um, and then um, they decide, uh, they being Bink and Chameleon, they decide, well, we, we like Trent, but we're not going to support him because neoliberalism. So we're just going to run away from this castle. And the castle won't let us escape. So what we're going to do is we're going to... Um, attach bombs to the foundations of this castle and and have uh have chameleon who at this point is functionally a cabbage have a dead man switch like she's oh ready God. to blow the whole castle up and and bink goes to uh, uh to trent and says hey we're about to do this just so you know we want to leave and Trent is like, well, rather than have you destroy the castle, which is critical to the survival of, of Xanth, and by the way, let me provide you with a little more information about race science. And because this is <laughs> because this me, is also a- hold on, hold on, before you go, let me measure your skulls. <laughs> exactly, just ridiculous. And then he's like, well, I don't want the castle blown up. So tell you what, let us all leave together. I will abandon the seat of power and follow you out. In the wilderness ah uh, yes <laughs> and so that's yeah, that, what they 
and we can fast forward from here actually yeah, they, yeah. they escape they 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 get captured by the council of whatever that's in charge it turns out that the the king is dying or dead and um they they decide to like uh the, this council says, "Okay, we'll we'll get rid of we we won't execute uh, evil magician Trent uh, on two conditions. Uh, one is he gets married, and two is he agrees to become king. <laughs> and this res- this resolves everything for Bink because like it's only ever about process for this asshole anyway. And so long as the rules are being followed, there's there's no good, there's no evil, there's no right, there's no wrong, there's what should be done. And so he's immediately in line with what's going on. And Bob's your uncle. Story's over. <laughs> so bad. It's <laughs> well, you know, uh, the thing here is that uh, you need to have a countervailing weight. Uh, something, something. Good things uh, happen. Well, yeah, and just the whole idea of like these barbarian waves actually make Xanth stronger over time. That is something you find a lot in the golden age of science fiction, where it's like, sure, we raided these people and destroyed their 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 golden idol, and we took a bunch of their women and we we stole their best food, but we left some cigarette butts lying around, and over time they're gonna use those cigarette butts to determine how to make their own cigars. So we are creating advancement. You know, all those landmines we left behind, when they blow up, it'll make them stronger. Oh, absolutely. You had to put tougher people. Yes. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that uh, if I'm remembering correctly, that's the first thing that Trent does is to remove the magical barrier between Mundania and uh, and Xanth, uh, and, and then also grants amnesty to all non-magicals uh, who live in Xanth, so you don't have to display magic, uh, so you don't suffer Bink's fate. Yes. Oh, and he also closes Guantanamo Bay, or says he's going to. I assume it happens in the next book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, indeed. God damn it. God damn it. Trent Trent was the was the inventor of the reverse waterboarding where he turns you into a fish and then turns you back. Oh my god. <laughs> well, the the thing here is that uh if I remember correctly, he, uh, Trent is at the border with an army like basically guns of the south or mercenaries or whatever the fuck uh just waiting to for a chance to get in. And I can't help, I know I said it before, but god damn it, this is Guns of Avalon, but stupid. Like, really yes. stupid. <laughs> it is. It's so bad. It doesn't. Well, and one of the things, like, the moment I decided that Trent was too stupid to live was he was like, well, I've created my own my own group to go in and take over Xanth, but I did not give them guns because I do not want guns in Xanth. And I'm like, what are you stupid? Like, wait, like your only advantage out here is technology, and you're gonna forego that. Well, you know, 
it wouldn't do uh, it wouldn't do to have this uh, this uh, supposed uh, lighthearted fantasy full of misogyny for twelve year old boys to also include guns. <laughs> Marred by guns. Well, I mean, if he if he knew then what we knew now, like every every other line would be a gun. Those would sell so much better. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, and the thing is, that he if he's got because I, I just I just remembered this. Um, if he had kept Bink uh, with a cadre of like crack shots, uh, just march with Bink in the center of, of like a little battalion, uh, he would have taken over Xanth in like two, you know, two days. Bye. Yeah. Uh, you Castle know, we Rudin, never fuck that. We never mentioned Bink's like we went through that whole thing and we never mentioned Bink's dumb power. Yes, Bink's dumb power is that he basically has an anti-magic uh, field around him. Yeah, uh, he, he's immune to negative effects of magic. And this immunity is intelligent. Like, yes. his ability reasoned at some point that if people figured out what he could do, he, it would be less effective. So it does sneaky things, like um, maybe it'll save other people around him. Or, like, if he's being attacked by a fire dragon, there'll be a water, a stream that gets diverted. It's like, something that won't get tied directly back to him is the deal. So, so, so basically, Bink's power is the power of anti-magic nudging, which is the most centrist bullshit power you can imagine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's entirely, it's entirely possible that it's not real. Like, that's that's what I'm operating under. It's like every everybody who says he has a power is humoring him. He doesn't actually have it, and they're using it just to, like, sow division. I don't know. He's he's the Sancho Panza of the entire, uh, or no, he's he's the Quixote of the entire thing, and and King Trent is Sancho Panza, who keeps on be believing in him, you know. <laughs> Squire, my armor. Oh my um, god! So, but see, that's the thing because it, it he he completely turns that on his head on its head in Centaur Isle. One, two, three, four books in. Centaur Isle, remember the, the Centaur scholar who had uh, a a basically a uh, field that's extended forward from his face, like from for faces forward from him, uh, that allowed magic to happen. So you could stand in his field and cast your powers or whatever, and even if you were in a non-magical place, uh, you could enact magic. That was the first Piers Anthony I ever read. Mm. So I, uh, I to to my to my grave, I will remember details of Ivy's boobs. Thank you very much, <laughs> Piers Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wait, uh, hold on. Is oh, shit? It's 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 hard to remember because all of the uh, like all of the women in that uh, family have I names. So it's sorceress Irene is the one that gets married with Trent, mm -hmm. right? And um, and Ivy marries Dor, I think. Yes. Um, hold on. Then who is the main character of Dragon on a Pestle? I thought it was Ivy. Um, I think you should reread them and find out, my friend. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's uh, Princess Ivy. Hold on. Uh, 
three-year-old daughter of King Dor and Queen Irene. So then who is Trent's queen? Uh, well, shit. Iris, Iris. See, I, okay. Jesus Christ, man. No wonder <sighs> I had trouble remembering that. <laughs> so Iris <laughs> begat Irene. <laughs> oh, Jesus, it's like the Bible. <laughs> yes. Uh, except for alliteration. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and, and I mean, the Spell for Chameleon is honestly, uh, it's bad, but it the, the books get sort of progressively sillier and more riddled with puns. You could call them punishing, if you will. Oh, dear um, Lord, sir. <laughs> I grant you a trophy with a cat's butt on it. Um, it just never ends. <laughs> and there, there's hints of it in Spell for Chameleon. Like at one point he's like, yes. And then he went to a color fruit tree and there were blues and greens and oranges. And it's like, all right, asshole. Like that's not as bad <laughs> as it gets with you. But like this is where it starts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it, yeah, the the the. The resulting books get sillier and sillier, and then, like, I I think I ended, I think I got to, like, Golem in the Gears, which uh, also, like, uh, Piers Anthony doesn't, doesn't, uh, have, doesn't know a character that he won't, a secondary character that he won't make the primary character of a f- future book. Uh, none of them die like basically no one dies like Ever. even king yeah king trent abdicates or or whatever the fuck uh and becomes king emeritus <laughs> which is <laughs> just so funny to me uh, like what <laughs> you're <laughs> well, one of the things i always think about here is um uh terry pratchett Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, like on some level, Terry Pratchett was targeting the same age group, at least initially. Like he was shooting at a younger audience. He was very comfortable using puns. Like he was trying to create a world, a, a disc world, if you will, that was that was much more lighthearted and fun. And and like, how did we end up? with two authors basically trying to do the same thing and one is just this lukewarm shit and the other is like <laughs> top end i mean i guess it's just like i i it, it's silly of me not to just say well that's one's a good writer and one's not but like i want more information about how someone could be this bad See the thing is that um, that Piers Anthony was exiled from uh, from Britain for not being British enough, <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up in Florida, much like Bink. <laughs> oh my God! Well, you know, probably what happened is that there was some sort of splitting spell. It's like they they took a perfectly normal Englishman and they separated everything stupid and annoying off of it and sent that to Florida to become a writer, and the rest of it <laughs> stuck around to be to be uh, Terry Pratchett. One hopes, yes. 
it, it's sad that Terry Pratchett is no longer with us. Yes. Uh, it just shows sort of that there is no real, <laughs> no real justice in the world. Uh, I, I'm not wishing ill on Piers Anthony, but he he is um, he is done writing crimes. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, his his books. I I of awful isn't unfair, but the fact is, like he had a very good grasp of what his audience wanted. And he gave it to them. So, like, who am I, thirty years on, to complain now? You mm-hmm. know, it just well, yeah. Ugh. And, and the funny thing is that, like, um, he also did uh, sort of like the parasocial thing before the internet was like a big thing, because at the end of a lot of his books, I. I'm not sure when he started. I, I want to say that, like, I definitely remember some of the later Xanth books that I read, like Ogre, Ogre, and maybe Nightmare and whatnot, had, like, this little author's uh, backward. Uh, I, I'm not even sure what, what he called it. I think it was backward because, of course, it's got to be a pun. Yes. Um, and uh, basically, he would have, like, maybe five to ten pages of him sort of going over what was happening when he was writing this book and yada 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 and i believe that uh, i i gleaned a lot of information uh very strange information like piers anthony doesn't like medicine doesn't like using medicine um i don't know if this means that he's uh, anti-vax or homeopathic but definitely remember reading like he had some like uh, a bladder a bladder stone or some shit like that and uh he passed it without taking any aspirin or painkillers uh which is a something that only an insane person would do yeah that doesn't uh, sound Piers very Anthony. good yes yeah yeah i mean he 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 sort of explained it in detail in the backward that uh that was included in i don't remember if that was in on a pale horse for the um the death series, the death book, incarnations of immortality. Oh my god! Yes, yes. Um, uh, those are uh, sporadically okay. They're not great either, but uh, they do have some interesting moments. Um, so I have a request at this point, Carlo. Um, for our next episode, can we do something that'll get the taste of this out of my mouth? <laughs> for sure. Uh, you know what? This one, this one's on you, Pete. What do you want to do? Um, well, we'll we'll talk about it offline more. But either like the man thing stuff, or maybe we could do a Pratchett. It's fine by me. Awesome. We. Yeah, we could we could do like a anti crap book episode or something. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Palate cleanser. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I honestly, I think we're kind of where we need to be with this one. Any any, any closing thoughts on why we did this? <laughs> you know, uh, it's all for the fans, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, honestly, I I do want to uh, admit that when I was reading these books, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them, but I was also twelve to fourteen, and. Uh, I had no idea of how the world works. Um, I don't like to think of myself as a misogynist, but I didn't uh, sort of bump up against, like, obviously I that was a blind spot when I was reading those things. Um, 
you know, and and the thing is that you know, like Piers Anthony, apart from his writing, apparently casts a shadow on fandom itself, and specifically the uh, the the women or the young women uh, fans. Uh, we don't want to really harp too much on that, but it wasn't great for them, uh, and that's not just reading the books. So you know, it it pains me to on the one hand, have enjoyed this uh, when it was happening and be blind to sort of some of the other stuff that was happening to other fans that also may have sort of enjoyed them when they were younger. Um, and, you know, younger girls reaching out to Piers Anthony and getting like inappropriate, weird responses or letters and shit like that is not cool. Um so I guess maybe, uh, and I'm sorry that you did penance for me, Pete. <laughs> oh, you're you're welcome. I guess I'll, I'll I'm I'm sure I'm sure it'll come around. You know. Yeah, I, I guess my rambling sort of uh, conclusion is that you know this is I think Xanth uh, or and Piers Anthony in general are sort of the apotheosis the ultimate distillation of what a crap book uh, is what we're, you know, what we're talking about when we talk about crap books, you know, something that you enjoyed back then that you wouldn't hand to your best friend if you, if you could help it. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to keep them, I, I think that's correct. I, and I mean, it's, it's, it has to be okay that we liked things that were a little problematic. You know, the question is like, what do you do when you figure it out? And do you develop to the point where you start like watching yourself and what you're into and why? And I think, I think that's perfectly okay. Like if you liked these books, God bless you. You can like them now if you want, just, Mm -hmm. just remember why people might think they're, like gain an understanding of what's going on and that's my only ask of you yeah yeah i think that that's that's a fair one right there all right i think uh we ended on a positive note uh regardless of the pain yes yes we we pulled through it um have a good night everybody uh catch you next up yep